In this episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast, I realized that there are only small women in gymnastics. We have a letter from Stockholm, Sweden, and we talk about the idea of products and services, which is easier to sell and why. Welcome back to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast, exclusively created. See what I did there? I, I like that switching up a around. Bit. For sales professionals to help you create your own sales success, Bill Kasky here. B. Neal. We'll be your host for today's episode as we are every Monday and Thursday. This is the average one, right? We said last episode we're going to do an average <laughs> that podcast. That's okay. what we said. So if you listen to the last, if you listen in order, last episode, we said it was really good. Like, well, next year we'll do an average one. You know, we've gotten oh, a, just an average one. We've got a lot of emails uh, from people who say, I just started. I'm, I'm up to 2008 now. Yep. That seems like a, it seems like a long path to go. It does. But we appreciate it. I had a couple things here, Brian, that some stories I heard, and then we've got an a email from Mailbag, a Mailbag Monday. Yep. Uh, a quote that I heard that I liked. Okay. Repetition leads to competence. Competence leads to confidence. Mm. Confidence leads to? Brilliance. Outcomes. Yeah. Love it. I love that. I'm a big Repetition fan of Repetition leads to competence. Competence leads to confidence, and confidence leads to results. That's what we say so in- So it's uh, R, double C, R. RCCR, we, we say that in the football officiating business. Yeah. There's no substitute for snaps. Yeah. Snaps, like you yeah. snap the ball. No substitute for snaps. I totally, totally believe yeah. that. I'm going to add up how many snaps I've had over 29 years of refereeing football. And then the question becomes for sales professionals is what do you practice on? If we say repetition, oh. then that implies practice. So what yeah. is it that we're practicing on? I think one of the things you can practice on and never get too good at is how do you deliver your message? Yeah. When someone shows up or you're at a brand new call and they maybe know a little bit about your company but not much, how do you depict and characterize your value and message? A drill is never done. A uh, drill is never, never done. Never done. Never Because done. you may learn something today that changes it for tomorrow. That's it. Because it's story and it, it evolves every day, yeah. every minute. Here's a story also I thought was good that, that had a little bit to do with practice but in a little bit different way. Do you remember the gymnast named Olga Corbett? I do. She Olga was a Corbett. really small, thin, well, most gymnasts are. As opposed are. to the was, other gymnasts yeah, were very, very large and beastly women, right? With the 6'5 <laughs> large guy. But yeah, Harry Pitts uh, Middle-aged guy. Like, whoopsie daisy. 60-year-old. <laughs> well, she was from Russia, for those of you who are too young to remember. Yes. Uh, 80, 92, 94, I don't, yep. I don't know what the Olympics was. She had a 98% hit rate on her routine in practice. She would hit tens, like perfect scores, 98% of the time. She yeah. was unbelievable. And uh, so the Olympics came. She was by far favorite to win the gold in several different events. Yeah. But she didn't. Oh. She lost. She got uh, she got a gold in one event, but she failed in the two events that were supposed to be her, uh -huh. her deal. I don't remember this. Okay. And they went back, and the Russians, obviously very good at anal analyzing what happened, especially when it comes to their Olympic non-gold medal winners. Yes. Um, but what happened was she was not mentally ready. Huh. And, and what they came up with was that in practice, when she did this 98% sticking tens, when in practice, she controlled everything. She controlled when she went out to the floor. She controlled where she warmed up in practice. Hmm. She controlled when she said to the coach, okay, I'm ready now. In the Olympics, you don't control anything. Wow. And they found that the uh, practice facility, the warm-up facility, was 10 minutes away from the comp competitive facility. Yeah. So she had to warm up in one building, yeah. walk 10 minutes to the next building. Um, you don't just tell the judges when you're ready. No. They tell you when you're ready. Not in the Olympics. And so she had a mental melt meltdown. Wow. Because she didn't control the variables. So it's not just the physical activity. 
it's the mental side too. It's the reps there. And so, for example, mm. you've got your 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 presentation all done, the powerpoints or whatever you're doing, yeah. and you walk into a room and there's no projector, right? Or uh, the the three people who were supposed to be there are not there, or four people that weren't supposed to be there are there. It it happens all the time, and you have to be ready, I think, to embrace because that creates mental problems. Or you walk into the room in Philadelphia and you realize the meeting's in Pittsburgh. That's a problem. That's <laughs> you're, a problem. You thought you're seven hours away to city. drive. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone to the wrong city for a sales meeting or a presentation or anything like that? I don't. I mean, think wrong so. room. I've yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever been to the wrong city. city. <laughs> no, it'd be a problem. Tell me a story about it? No, I, I, surely someone has gone to the wrong city for a presentation. But Interesting I think stuff. I think that uh, idea of are you ready for anything? And she wasn't. She was ready for things right. that she wanted to predict yes. and be certain of, but she wasn't ready. So that might be uh, don't Olga Corbett me. Huh? Oh, I like I that. Mean, yeah, don't yeah. Olga me. Don't Olga. Don't Olga me, baby. Don't Olga me. And then I had one more here, and then I'll, I'll leave You're it. You're quoting you. I am. Yeah, well, these are not mine. These are down. just things I hear. I like it. Archilochus. Nope. Don't know. He's him. a author. He? He's a Archilochus, he was a Greek philosopher, okay. let's just say. Yeah. We do not rise to the level of our hopes. We fall to the level of our training. Oh. Uh, that's, that's, that's good for an old uh, philosopher guy from yeah. the 1200s or whatever. I probably before that. Knew him. I don't think so. <laughs> I doubt it. We do not rise to the level of our hopes. We fall to the level of our training, which is why you listen to the Advanced Selling Podcast. It is. The whole theme there. Is training, isn't it? It is. Yeah, training and development the, is the whole the theme. Yeah. And you know and I know the highest performers spend the most time preparing and training and developing right. themselves. They never, ever, ever quit. They have courage. They have courage like the lion in Wizard of Oz. Courage. Yep. Courage. courage. And ready? Mm-hmm. It takes courage to build a small business. See what I did there? See what you did. Segway King over here, You're right? It takes courage to build a small business. Don't risk what you've worked so hard for. If you own a small business, protect it. With Hiscox. Hiscox offers a new way to buy small business insurance. They tailor small business insurance coverage to fit your specific needs, allowing you to only buy what you need and no more, no less. Policies start as low as $22.50 a month, plus it's super easy. You can order online or over the phone from a licensed advisor in just minutes. Opening any small business comes with a risk. We know that. We both own small businesses, and Hiscox can help you keep it protected. Don't wait. Purchase coverage for your small business. Visit Hiscox.com today to learn more about their services and to get a free quote. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. Go there right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Our topic, mailbag. We dip into the mailbag. Coming all the way at you from Sweden, Ooh. Bill. From Stockholm, Sweden. Now, we didn't get permission to use this person's name. And I always love when um, what I would say, um, what I would say, foreign names, foreign to me, mm-hmm. right, are are american-ish names but they're spelled differently Mm. so this woman's name who wrote us is named angela and it's spelled a n d j e l a as any good swedish person would spell angela Angela. and i'm betting i'm slaughtering but it's much more uh it's much nicer when you sounds better when she says it than when you say say it it. yeah so i'm going to read this this came through linkedin if you ever have uh, questions by all means send us a question a listener at advanced selling podcast.com or uh over the um uh, LinkedIn is an okay thing to do too. So here's a question. Ready? Uh-huh. Uh, thank you for connecting with me here. First of all, I'd like to compliment you and Bill on creating such value for people all over the world with this podcast. That's great. You're Usually listens to uh, this uh, on Mondays while flying back to Stockholm. She flies to work. Isn't that a cool deal? Wow. Uh, she uh, is 25 years old, just ventured into sales from having no experience whatsoever a year back and feels like she's constantly learning new things, which is great, which I'm assuming is from the podcast partially. Uh, here's a question. I was wondering if you and Bill could dedicate some of your valuable time, very nice of you, to talk a bit about the difference between selling a product and selling a service. And in her case, she sells a service, consulting hours. 
how can we as salespeople adapt to what we are selling and what are our key focus points that differentiate a service from a product? My favorite part here for a question, hoping a Sweden tour is in for the future. Let me know if you ever stop by Stockholm and want to grab a coffee. Stop by. And some chocolate, right? They make That's great right. chocolate in Sweden, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah. Great yeah. stuff. So, Angela, thank you so much for your question, and I'd love to hear you're off to a great career. That and might be Switzerland. Smart thing. Huh? Swiss chocolate. I think it's Swiss chocolate. Oh, I'm yeah. in Sweden. See, Sweden. And this yeah. irritates them to no end. Yeah. They hate that. <laughs> so she Don't will they? not listen to the She answer. won't. No she matter how she good, just hung up on No me. matter how average it is, she won't listen to it. You're right. Swiss chocolate. Travis, cut that out. Sweden. Change. Just say Switzerland once he'll uh, Swiss and he'll he'll yeah, insert it. Yeah. Uh, Swiss. Anyway, uh, <laughs> great question. Product versus service is a really good one. So I've got a couple of things written down here. Do you have anything? I do. Go ahead. For our friends, you want to start with? Yeah. Okay. She's now you got to listen. So go ahead. Listen to this uh, phrase because I made up some words here. Okay. Ready? And we're, we're talking about selling product versus service. If you sell a service, you must productize your service. And if you sell a service. A product, you must servicize your product. Okay. Okay, kind of confusing. Let me okay. go back. If you sell a service, you have to productize the service. Productize yep. your service. Yep. If I you sell a product, that. you have to serviceize your product. Okay. So here's what that means. Service businesses are nebulous. They're like, what are they? So you have to put them in a way where people can buy a thing. Mm -hmm. We see this in our mm -hmm. world. So people mm -hmm. say, what That's do I right. get? Remember, we did a deal a long time ago with a client uh, who's been with us for a long time, and the CEO, who was a manufacturer, he held his hands out. Remember Al Hubbard? Mm -hmm. I and saw said, him a couple nights ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And remember, he said, what do I get? And he, he held empty hands out like he was squeezing, I want to see what I yeah. get. Yeah. Right? So we had to productize it. So we put together a binder and a program and a timeline. It's a thing. And then when you think about people that sell a product, what they usually do is hide behind the product. What they don't say is this is once the product comes in here, here is how the process works and how things go on and how mm -hmm. life gets better there. Mm -hmm. So that's my first bit of advice around this thing. You have to uh, productize a service if you do that. So in Angela's case, that's what she would want to do, productize it. How yeah. can I sell it as yeah. a thing? Um, and then if I sell a, uh, a product, I have to servicize it. Say, you don't just get the thing. You get all this you stuff, around stuff around it. Around you get it. my yeah. brain, my yeah. consulting, that, and that's the service business. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I start off with that, to think about that. Productize yeah, like, service and serviceize a product. I like that. So is she selling consulting that she's delivering, or Didn't do we say. know that? Didn't say. Okay. Because no. I think that is true. I think especially when you're selling something is, you know, Selling consulting and coaching is very intangible. It is. So you, she really should think about ways to productize it, even if it's just calling it something. I have a client who's in the logistics business, and he just pro he'd productized his process. Yeah. And he gave it a name, and it's a, yes. it's a cool name. And so now when he goes in, he tells the story of why he created the process. And this is a sales process, but he's not calling it that. It's, it's really a solution process. Yes. And he gave it a name. It's three three steps to it. It's very simple. It's but great. now when his clients refer to it, they refer to it by the name of it. They do. So if you really want to get get into productizing, productize your process, but definitely your products. Amen. Yeah. For sure. Or your services. I'm yep. sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? We keep mixing yeah. them up here. It's Go back and deals, forth. So. Yeah. So that would be, uh, I like that idea. And then the second thing is, I don't know that it makes any difference what the tangibility of it is, you still have to have a story for it and a story around it. I think it might even be more important to have it in the service side because of the intangibility of it. So a story is at least something that people can wrap their arms around. Yeah. And uh, even, uh, Angela, if the story is, let me share with you why people seek us out to use this consulting project yes. service 
and uh, and tell a story about uh, why people come to you, what they experience when they come to you, what they experience if they don't come to you, what the process is that you take them through, what the end result is that they're going to see at the end. But if you just tell a story of, of an, a typical client, I think it helps them grasp you and it helps yes. them kind of buy into you a little bit more. Yep. Uh, it's good. Guess what I've got written down here, Bill? Uh, tell a story. I did. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, and I will, uh, may I enhance that idea? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I wrote down two words around it also. I, I said outcome-based stories. So here's what life is like now. Here's what happened when we came in as an outcome-based story to, that adds to it. I also wrote down the word relevant. And this is something I think salespeople miss. So they have this bank of stories, but sometimes they struggle to recognize when they're talking to someone that looks like one of their stories, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if I'm talking to you, and it's everything, it's demographic, it's age, it's size of business, it's whatever it is. Like, you know, there's a company I work with that's a lot like you in these ways. And I thought I would tell you their story mm-hmm. and share with you kind of, and so you got to make it tighter than just a general story. Because if I, um, you know, if I uh, typically do business with uh, Fortune 50 companies, so big billion dollar companies, and I'm talking to a $50 million company, and I tell a story about selling to Absolutely. IBM or Procter yeah. & Gamble, yeah. the $50 million guys can go, wait, okay, we're not Procter & Gamble. You're going to yeah. lose them. So it's got to be relevant to the situation. But I think that's really important. You tell an, a relevant outcome-based story yeah. Yeah. around what that's you good. do. That's so, good. That's good. Uh, the second thing I would say, uh, Angela, is make sure that, uh, and I referenced it a little bit in the first one, is make sure you have a process that's easy to communicate and helpful for the prospect. Yeah, It's easy to communicate and helpful. So the idea there would be that uh, you go out and see somebody and they might be uh, in need of your consulting services or they have a problem that your consulting services will will solve. Be very specific about what your process is that you're going to take them through to get that outcome that they want. And uh, I think that probably comes down to some type of a step in the process that's diagnostic in nature. So the first step is we want to know a little bit about your company and what you're struggling with and what your visions are. And then the second step is more of an analytical step to the process, especially for consulting, is we're going to take it back and analyze it, take it back to some engineers, some technical people, subject matter experts, and then we will come back to you in step three and give you a proposed solution and how we're going to accomplish it, alternatives if you want to look at different ways to do this. But I think think seven or eight step process too much. I think three steps is... finding out what they want to accomplish, what their problems are. Secondly, how we're going to fix it. And third, how do we get started? How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll lollipop, Bill? Mm, 25. Three. You remember that commercial? That owl mm. sitting on the tree from the 70s? No, I never watched TV in the <laughs> 70s. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was an owl sitting on a tree. Those I was a lollipop. hippie. I was rioting. You were, weren't uh-huh. you? Yeah, yeah. So they would say to the wise old owl, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll lollipop? And he goes, one two, three, and he bit it <laughs> like everybody does bite through it. I do at least he bit it. So there's an old callback for you. Uh, you for you, you uh, 70s, older. 70s, exactly. 70s, yeah. 60s. For all six of you who are my age or older uh, listening still to the show, figure out how to yeah, download exactly. a podcast. We just lost all the millennials. Like, God, Bill and Brian are getting old. <laughs> they I'm going to switch podcasts. Come on. We're the young guys. Yeah. Um, so the last one I have here is you need to acknowledge the difficulties in buying both of those sets. So the difficulty in buying a consulting product is it's hard to understand. 
It's what do I get? I don't. So you need to acknowledge that with a customer to say, sometimes when we talk um, hours or concepts or buying ideas, it's difficult to wrap your hand. It's not like you're buying an iPhone or a microphone or something mm-hmm. like that. That's easier. So just, just this might yeah, be difficult. So as we good. work through it, let's talk about that. On the other side, the difficulty in buying a thing is the thing becomes the attention not the pain or issue or problem the that's person's right. trying to fix. That's right. So we have to say that to say as we work through the process, sometimes we'll get caught up in feature function, yeah. we'll lose sight of the thing, so we got to make sure we guide back that. So whether you're selling a product or a service, you need to understand that there are difficulties and nuances of each of those that are different and acknowledge those up front and make sure you're talking about yeah, them. Yeah, that's good. That's really important. When I used to sell uh, for Woods Wire, it was a manufacturer of extension cords, and we had a whole line of trouble lights and booster cables and surge suppressors and everything. We would always go in and just literally throw the products on the buyer's <laughs> table, and the attention suddenly gets focused away from what they're trying to accomplish. Totally does. To oh wait a minute, why is this why is this red and not blue? I don't like the way this connects. Well, this looks kind of cheap. Well, it's because it's a sample, you idiot. It's been around the world seventy five times. <laughs> the old you idiot uh, but, strategy. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's funny. The the issue there is it's it's almost like when you're applying for a job and you go in and hand the HR person, your resume. What's the oh. HR person do? Oh God, hey, person handed me the resume. Did I tell exactly. you? Yeah. And then okay, they start. Okay. Well, uh, oh, what's okay. this gap here between yeah. 2005? Yeah, well, I was on. A, I was on unemployment. Did you know you have it's a typo good. in your resume right here? <laughs> <laughs> but that's so true. Yeah, you can't do anything that takes the attention away from the prospect right. and away from you. Right. Telling them how you're going to help them fix problems. Right. Really good. Good. Uh, good question, Angela. And uh, keep the questions coming, everybody, for the um, Monday mailbag episodes. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing a Stockholm visit. Oh, I'd love to. We can get to. there pretty easily, couldn't we? We'd have to yeah. conjure up some clients or something, someone to, like, you know, well, she's your help first us get over there. there. So there we go. Angela. So, uh, okay, that does it. If you've not already downloaded a free copy of Ultimate Pregame, great program. New listeners, go get that. Ultimatepregame.com is where you get that. And we're on the road. Stockholm's on the list now. It's a gold deal. Uh, if you uh, have a sales team meeting, an association you're a part of, you want a speaker, speakers, trainers to come in for a day to work with your sales team, shoot us an email. Say, come see us in the subject line. Listener at Advanced Selling Podcast is where you uh, do that. And uh, hey, if you don't have the app, that's the best way to consume this podcast. Go to the iTunes App Store or the Android App Store, wherever you go, and um, uh, download the podcast app, the Advanced Selling Podcast app right now. You'll thank us later. So That's it. We'll see you next time for the latest episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast.